How do you stay safe in a polar vortex? Well, experts say breathing is an issue, as in don't breathe. Meanwhile, the Illinois police found a culprit and a person to put the blame on, and they locked her in chains. This is becoming a yearly event, it seems like. And, of course, many people tried to stay inside and use their Xbox to kill the time while polar vortexing. Found an issue with the outage, making that not such a great thing for anyone in that situation or the world. Three big issues for the week. Three big stories for the week. Not quite big enough for the week. And spoiler alert, we have two super stories and a polar vortex story that made it into the actual top ten list. So what is there in that list? We'll tell you in just a moment here on The Wrap-Up Show. With me, Jay Cleveland Payne from ThisIsTheConversation.com. And this is The Wrap-Up Show for the week ending February the 2nd. 2019. And welcome to the show. I am Jay Cleveland Payne, and I am your host for this thing here, which we call the wrap-up show from thisisaconversation.com. Now, all week long, we've been sending you links to stories from various different outlets, some really, really fashionable, some sort of out of fashion, but all over the place. And most of them we take as... I won't say gospel. We take them as reputable. We think the stories are real. We think the information is there. And we think the person who got who wrote it up got paid hefty for doing real work. So we want to give them credit where their credit is due. And we want to give you credit where your credit is due for letting us know which ones are actually ones you really care about. As we say in the introductions and all over the branding for This is a Conversation, we want to know what people are really having conversations about. Not just the stories that are stuck as the breaking news stories, which seem to take eight hours to totally break. So we offer up some other serious stories and some other silly stories and some stories that you probably may have missed because the mainstream media and the big dogs are stuck on the big stories, which they should be. Those are stories that are very important and take a lot of effort. But then there are stories that people really want to talk about, and that's where you come in. You follow us on social media at TH underscore conversation for Twitter, and this is a conversation for Facebook. You're already there, so just follow us along and look for us to pop up in your feed here or there. As you see a story that we post come up, reply to it. Like it, love it, hate it, share it, give whatever you want to it. The more engagement that it gets, the higher score it gets through the week and at the end of the week we tally them up from facebook and twitter and let you know which stories you believe were the top stories for the past seven and a half ish or so days we will count them down 10 to 1 in mere moments in this segment here segment number two we'll do what we have our housekeeping sections and we'll talk about the things that made the top 10 stories and maybe a few things that will make the top 15 coming up and we'll talk about what we call the almost irrelevant story of the week the story is not so much almost irrelevant but because it normally is a lower posting story a later posting story it doesn't get a lot of love and respect doesn't get a lot of chance to get any real any real traction in there so uh, we usually highlight it in its own time which we will in the second segment and once again proving that these stories are just based on the timing a very pretty big massive story got posted very late this morning as we pulled the data for this and you'll get to hear about that in this section uh, story number 102 102 separate different distinct postings for this week we wrap up the show with shout outs and rounding out the top 15. That's stories 11 through 15, stories that you heard in the tease, and a few more stories that didn't quite crack into the top 10 and maybe some reasons why or why not. 
And so, without further ado, we're going to get on to the countdown for this week's shows. As we said, you replied to them, you responded to them, you did what you did to engage with them, and this is what we came up with, the top 10 stories for this week. This is the week ending February the 2nd of 2019. I can't think of a story I'm so more happy for making the list than this one this week. This one was an amazing story that when I saw it, I had to make sure it was in here. And while it isn't one of the highest, it is high enough to be in the top 10 all on its own. And this one makes me proud of you guys out there for picking up on this one. The headline for number 10 story this week is, No, I got this. Golfer with Down Syndrome nabs par at Phoenix Open. Posted on Thursday, January 31st. And let me read you a few lines from the story that we have here. This is from Golf Week, so hang tight with this one. Reigning Waste Management Phoenix Open champion Gary Woodland said Wednesday that Amy Bockerstedt's par on 16 was, quote, by far the coolest thing I've ever experienced. I've never rooted so hard for somebody on a golf course. Woodland, during a practice run a day earlier, helped the PGA Tour and Special Olympics surprise Bockerstedt with a chance to play TBC Stockdale signature hole and a resulting PGA-produced video has gone viral. It feels amazing, Bockerstedt told AZ Central Sports after sinking an 18-foot putt to get up and down on par 3 with a Sandy. If she seems surprisingly poised, it could be that she's used to attention on the course. She being the first person with Down syndrome to receive a college athletic scholarship when she signed with Paradise Valley Community College last year. And she was the first Arizona student with Down syndrome to compete in the state high school playoffs as a junior at the Phoenix Sandra Day O'Connor. But 16 at Phoenix Open is something else. Still, Bockerset didn't blink. She's a gamer, her father, Joe Bockerset, said. She doesn't get nervous. She gets excited. Joe Bockerset went through the sequence in detail and the way only a sports parent can. We knew an 120-yard shot was a sweet spot for her, he said. So we gave her one of the top clubs. We had a good feeling that she'd hit it a good tee shot. She put it in the bunker. With an offer to take it out, but she wanted to play it. She said, no, I got this, she said. She was right. Still, her dad was worried. It goes on and on to talk about how she was able to overcome this amazing hole at an amazing course. And, of course, being an amazing person herself. This is one, as I said, I'm so glad I got a chance to see this one pop up this week. And so I got it in the listings. And I'm so glad you guys responded so well to it. The tickets were sold and the show must go on. So says the folks that put on Rent Live, even though a serious injury caused some issues on the production. Number nine story this week, Brendan Hunt, who plays the central character of Roger, has suffered an ankle injury the night before Rent's live Sunday premiere. This was posted on Sunday, January the 27th, with a bump of response from the number 10 story. That means it was more engaging than the 10 story by 9.64%. Now, this is a bit of a swerve. We'll explain it a little bit detail in the housekeeping segment. But we used a headline and then we used a different link for the story. And the story, of course, updated as it went on. But we know that the man who who was meant to play Roger and still played Roger on the Rent Live production from this past weekend, uh, broke his foot during the dress rehearsal the day before. So because they taped the day before his rehearsals to basically see how things worked out, they went on with some taped delayed pieces. So it wasn't exactly Rent Live for three full hours. It was Rent sort of live with some magic from the videotape. So 
essentially, if you actually watched it or if you were like me or watching something else and just kept up with Twitter, you got to see plenty of response from the Rent Live production. Of course, this was the prime time to stick it in there because last week was the championship games for the Super Bowl, the NFC, AFC championship games. And of course, this weekend is the Super Bowl. And so with nothing but the Pro Bowl, which no one cares about, and I believe the SAG Awards or some other whatnot, this was a big time to get some actual pop. And it got some pop from some not-so-great performances from the lower roles, apparently. But Vanessa Hudgens, who, of course, keeps pulling these things out for these live productions. No one expects her to be as talented as she is, but she is. And just sort of the, the kind of the magic that happened from there. And some appearances, I should say, by the original cast popping up here and there for the show. So Rent Live happened. Fox not doing so great in its span of the live productions. NBC, if you want to make it a, a scorecard, basically doing better with the ones they've had so far. But we'll see if more of these things keep going. People keep wanting to see live productions of stuff, and the networks need time to put on the air, so it keeps happening. Another really feel-good story popping up, and another polar vortex story popping up we didn't want to do super stories which is why most of those stories that really didn't fit in the same vein that we had in the tease are where they are we'll explain those out a little better in a bit but this is one that stands on its own and it's a very good one that to have here today the headline anonymous donor pays tab to place 70 homeless in chicago hotel as polar vortex pummels this is story number eight, of course. It is a bump of response of 16.67% from the nine story. We posted it on Thursday, January 31st. A few lines from the article we had from Newsweek, although this is one that was a local one that went massively um, viral, if you will, and people have various variations of the story. This is what we have from Newsweek. As temperatures in Chicago dropped below zero on Wednesday morning, a group of 70 people clamped out in tents near Dan Ryan Expressway. The group kept warm thanks to 100 donated propane tanks at least until one of them exploded on Wednesday afternoon, Chicago Tribune reports. The explosion prompted a visit from Chicago Fire Department and the confiscation of the propane tanks, leaving the homeless group without a heat source with below freezing temperatures forecast to blanket the city until Saturday. Quote, there was a significant amount of propane there, and with the many cylinders, there was like a bomb going off, Department Chief Walter Schroeder told the Tribune. Schroeder added that he knew the donation was an act of kindness, but he said the use of so many tanks was dangerous. The tanks taken away, the Tribune reports that the city notified Salvation Army spokeswoman Jacqueline Rochez, who sprang into action to help move the group to the organization's warming center. However, as Rochez worked to organize the move, the city called back to tell her that a good Samaritan had paid for the group to go to a hotel. Isn't that wonderful? At least they're warm and they're safe, quote from Rochelle. The donated donor remains a mystery, and Rochelle says she only knew that the hotel was located in Chicago's south side. All but one man accepted the offer to the hotel. That man checked into the Salvation Army Warming Center. The others in the group can, can remain in the hotel for the rest of the week, courtesy of the anonymous donor, Rochelle said. So there is a good story of someone with a good heart doing something on their own for the good of people. It's great to know that people step up in times like these. Moving on to the seventh story for this week, and this story has a bump of response of just a slight bit. It was literally 0.4% from the number eight story, and this one was posted on Saturday, January 26th. The story headline, Stephen Colbert's position to have Cardi B give the State of the Union rebuttal gets thousands of signatures. That was an actual thing. A few lines from Reliable Sources uh, blog in the Washington Post. 
The State of the Union is Bodak Yellow. Comedian Stephen Colbert suggested Wednesday that rapper Cardi B give a traditional rebuttal to the president's annual address. Quote, I am starting a petition for the Democrats to let I am Cardi B give the rebuttal to the State of the Union. And this, of course, given on Twitter. So that's why he used the or Twitter hashtag handle I am Cardi B. So sign it and retweet this, which would he ask for. And, of course, because it's the Internet and it's Cardi B, by Thursday morning, the crusade had, crusade had gotten 23,000 retweets, nearly 4,000 likes. Although we know that she will not be given the rebuttal for the State of Union, we know she's been given plenty of rebuttal to various other people, giving her ideas on the state of politics these days, which is fine and refreshing that someone is willing to step up and put their, their notice out. Of course, that means she's also willing to be... You know, rebutted herself, if that's a real word. So thank you so much for Cardi B for giving us your fresh analysis on the politics. And just keep on keeping on. That's all we got to say. Moving next to the sixth story of the week. This story is a super story. We'll go into more detail in the housekeeping segment on how it got to be that way. We're only highlighting one of the headlines, though. Empire star Josette Smollett Beaten in homophobic attack by MAGA supporters. Wednesday, January the 30th was the day this was posted. Bumper response from the seventh story of 19.37%. A few lines from the headline that we have here from the original posting on TMZ. Although it's been updated a few times. This is from the TMZ posting that we posted from. Empire star Jusei. Smollett was brutally attacked by two men who beat him up, put his head in the news, and screamed, this is MAGA country. Sources directly connected to Jussie tell TMZ the actor arrived in Chicago from New York late Monday, and around 2 a.m. he was hungry and went to a subway. From there, on his way home from leaving the the store, uh, someone yelled out uh, the expletives in the sexual expletives, if that's what you say. Uh, Two men, both white and wearing ski masks, viciously attacked Jussie, as he fought back, but they beat him badly and fractured his rib. They put a rope around his neck, poured bleach on him, and they left him as they yelled, This is MAGA country. Jusei took himself to Northwest Memorial where he was treated. He was discharged later Tuesday morning. Of course, this story has about eight different updates in the story, which I had to skip by to get to the original story, including one of the updates that we had adding the numbers to this thing where the police actually finally released some sort of video evidence. They released a video of the attackers who were hard to hard to identify because of ski mask. This is a weird, weird story, and there's no way you can get around that. And a lot of people have been attacking Jose because uh, he, you know, doesn't have much of a way of real evidence other than the story. They, they couldn't find video evidence very easily. And for some reason, they want a cell phone, and he didn't want to give that up. Uh, people are disagreeing with it. People are disbelieving it. And people are giving a lot of support to the guy who is openly gay R&B singer uh, who you know is playing an openly gay R&B singer on a TV show, and that draws attention. You can have your own beliefs or disbeliefs on the story, but this is what it is, and we'll talk more about this in the housekeeping segment in a moment. Our next story follows a trend, a very, very sad trend, a very bad trend, you tell if you let me say it, uh, but a trend of people and suicides. This one, maybe not someone you know as famous as other people we've talked about, but it's suicide of a person with stature and a person who had a, uh, responsibilities uh, shows that the pain and struggle of people who have to deal with things 
uh, really go through. So story number five this week, which is a bump response of 8.94%, which we posted on Tuesday, January 29th. After struggle with mental illness, megachurch pastor Jim Howard fatally shoots himself. We posted this or pulled this from the website, the uh, Christian Post. So a few lines from that actual posting from this week. Jim Howard, lead pastor of the Valencia campus of the more than 6,000 member real life church in California, fatally shot himself in the head at home Wednesday after a protracted battle with mental illness. It is with a heavy heart that I can confirm we suffered a tragic loss on our church staff this week. On Wednesday, January 23rd, 2019, Jim Howard, our beloved pastor here at RLC, took his own life. That came from Rusty George, the lead pastor of Real Life Church, uh, who began the statement from the Facebook group on last Thursday. Uh, Another quote from uh, Rusty George. As all of us who knew Jim can attest, he was a wonderful man with a deep love for Jesus and a passion for sharing the grace of God with anyone he met. He was also a tornado of energy, always looking for new challenges and opportunities to minister to others. Uh, detectives told the signal that they began to investigate the death of a person they suspected died of a self-inflicting gunshot wound in the backyard of Lindsay home on Wednesday. Uh, this goes deeper and deeper and deeper into this. But what gets really good or really good to the story, the point of it, is another quote coming from George. Sadly, Jim suffered in private with mental challenges, some of which he bravely discussed in public and was wrestling with some personal issues in recent months. This week, he made a tragic decision to end his pain. We will be deeply missed. He will be deeply missed by his family, friends and RLC family and all those who blessed to know him. Uh, he, uh, George further urged church members who are struggling and need help to call the church. Now, because these things pop up so, so often, I keep re-uttering, reiterating the number and website for the Suicide Prevention Lifeline because it's a big thing. Mental illness is a really, really big thing that a lot of people don't understand if they're not going through it. And a lot of people who are going through it don't seem to understand just how important it is to reach out and speak to people. This is an issue that I talk about personally because I deal with it and I say deal with it personally and it's a daily battle and some days it's better than others uh, to kind of go through the mental hell it takes just to manage a day so if you're feeling like you're just not into it and things aren't going right i i i implore you to make a call to the suicide national suicide prevention lifeline that number is 800-273-8255 800-273-8255-800-273-TALK it's man 24 hours a day. Even in a government shutdown, you'll have somebody manning this lifeline because it is critical. If you want to get some help and you can get online, go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org or talk to someone. Find someone to talk to. There are many local places and other industries that are looking to help people walk themselves back from issues as serious as suicide. So if you're in that sort of funk, just trust me, you're not in it alone. And there are many, many reasons to find a way out of it and move forward. Call the number 800-273-8255 or call me if you want to. We can talk about it if you want to. Number four is yet another super story. Two super stories officially in this box. And this one, as a super story, makes it the top Twitter story, although one of the headlines was close enough to be top on its own. The two stories, 
I basically go into the headlines and kind of go into what they mean. I'm not going to read too much out of that. We'll discuss why their super story is a little bit more further in segment number two. But a bump of response of 1.22% from the five story. It, as I said, the top Twitter story for the week, Wednesday, January the 30th, uh, was when the, basically the, the last posting of this was. And that was the posting for headline, PG&E files for bankruptcy after California wildfires. However, early in the week, we did have a headline that was PG&E didn't spark Cal Fire, private equipment did. So that's what we're going to talk about very quickly on this. The Tubbs fire, I believe that's the fire specifically that they believe was caused by PG&E and their equipment, was not actually caused by their personal equipment or their their company-owned equipment. It was caused by a privately owned company, privately owned uh, equipment that really sparked that fire, although it was essentially linked to PG&E. So while they're not being, say, they're the exact blame for the fire, uh, they're still, of course, dealing with all the fallout, all the bad press and just all the lost prop lost lost money revenue to the issue. And they have officially filed for bankruptcy as of Wednesday of this week. Another feel-good story that's leaving some head scratching on just exactly what happened, but the outcome so far is pretty good. Headline, three-year-old boy lost in N.C. Woods tells his family he, quote, hung out with a bear for two days, unquote. Saturday, January 26th is when we posted this story, although he was found a a day before, I believe. 71.17% jump in response from the four story. Now, you've probably seen the story about the North Carolina boy who was lost in the woods. He went missing for a few days and in very cold temperatures and was found by a neighbor just kind of wandering around uh, in the brush near near the woods. Uh, He was taken to the hospital. He checked out. Everything was fine. And his family was um, really, really really upset about this as you would think but they're very happy to son the boy came back of course he's been telling this story for days about how he hung out with a bear and a family of bears took care of him and he, these bears were just there keeping eye on him the whole time and at first they just sort of shook it off to a kid being a kid but now some people aren't quite so sure because it's such an intense story that the boy is telling though he is three years old, about being out there in the woods with bears for a few days. We're so glad this story has a happy ending on this one. Now let's move on to the number two story this week. And this one, uh, it's a boom for science, sort of a boon for sports, a way to sneak the Super Bowl in before the Super Bowl, and also a boom for parents who are semi-manipulative to getting their kids to do things they need to get done. The headline, Boy wins science fair with project calling Tom Brady a, quote, cheater, unquote. Uh, 31.4% bump in response from the three-story Friday, the 25th of January is when we posted this one. Here's the, the lowdown on this one as well. A young boy named Ace Davis wanted to, um, well, he didn't necessarily want to do his science project, but he was going back and forth in a talk with his cousins over football and Tom Brady being in the Super Bowl and the fact that he's a cheater. So his dad took a little thought to it and decided, let's do our science project this year on determining through scientific methods if he's a cheater. The boy did it. He went through a deep detail of the flake gate and the video stuff and just sort of allegations, put it on the the storyboard as you need to, and came to the conclusion that Tom Cheater, Tom Cheater, there there I go, Tom Brady is a cheater and he wins the science fair. Now, as the father did admit, it was more or less his idea to put that in his head because he wasn't really all that keen on doing a science project, but it got him interested in science. 
release this project, and hopefully he'll keep him going beyond the way. He, of course, if he could bet, is not betting on Tom Brady. And the number one story, heads and shoulders above them all, with one of the best written headlines there are. Let's start off with the stats. This was the number one Facebook story of the week. It's a bumper response from the number two story of 11% from the number 10 story, which, of course, was the story on the golfer with Down syndrome. That bump was 416%. And from the number 202, that's the almost irrelevant story of the week, bump of response of 10,300. The headline, New Jersey Girl Scout Leader Fired After Cookie Theft Story Crumbles. Let's read you a few lines from the New York Post. The claims of a Girl Scout leader that a New Jersey mall crook swiped her troop's cookie sale cash crumbled under scrutiny, cops said Wednesday. Troop 80062 leader Jessica Medina had told cops that on January 18th, she placed more than $1,100 in cash and checks from their sale of dosi doughs and thin mints at the Woodbridge Center Mall into an envelope and it was then swiped from their table, robbing the youngsters of funds for a trip to Savannah, Georgia. Medina pointed the finger at a handicapped man and an elderly woman as the thieves while bringing her five-year-old daughter out to be photographed tearfully clutching a box of shortbreads. The story made national headlines and prompted kind hearts New Yorkers to offer thousands of donations to the troop and to make for their pilfered cash, including from the, post, the host of TV's The Talk. But the Woodridge Police Department on Wednesday said Medina's tale turned out to be half-baked. After investigating the scouts and watching security footage, the cops said that no one else in the mall ever saw the envelope on the table, while the cookie dough stayed secured in a cash box the whole time. Police also located accused man and woman and limited them as suspects. When they questioned Medina again, she changed her story to say the missing cash wasn't from the cookie sale after all, but rather, quote, previously submitted by the Girl Scouts to pay for scouting activities such as roller skating and the daddy-daughter dance, unquote, that she planned to deposit the bank the police said in a statement. Of course, in the final interview, it went even worse, so they just sort of ended up saying that it was all a falsehood by Medina. We are surprised and very saddened at the turn of events, Gina Marino, CEO of the chapter, told a, a, a group called The Patch. So, this is a story we actually had a couple weeks ago when it went through about the Girl Scout cookie theft or cookie money theft all to find out that the cookie thief was the cookie maker herself. Yeah, I'm not so good at these. So it's really sad that someone took advantage of some elderly people, some handicapped people, and some kids to try to get away with being a liar. But, well, that's that. So your number one story this week, the story that you guys really thought was really worth talking about, was this Girl Scout leader in Jersey who decided to lie on the stolen goods all to make a big, make a big, I, I don't even know how to wrap this thing up. I'm just going to wrap this thing up. We're done. We're done with this one. Hopefully you're doing much better with your Girl Scouts and your addiction to the Girl Scout cookies coming up this year. In the meantime, you can do much better with us by just hanging out and replying to the things we have going on in the conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This is the Conversation. Follow us at This is the Conversation for Instagram as well, although voting doesn't really count over there. How does voting work? You just interact with the stories on Twitter and on Facebook. Like, love, hate, share, reply. Do what you can to interact and engage. The more engagement the story gets, the higher it goes up in the score for the week. 
And whether it's for the love, like the girl with Down syndrome who got the chance to play at a historic round of golf, or for the hate, such as this Girl Scout troop leader in New Jersey, we will let you know which ones got the most response on the week. Coming up in the second segment, we will do our housekeeping and talk about the almost relevant story of the week, which is also another story that should not be that irrelevant. This is the wrap-up show from This is a Conversation. This is for the weekend ending February the 2nd, 2019. Millennials have earned their reputation for being millennials. Good, bad, or indifferent, they have earned the right to be what they are and who they are, which is a good thing as any generation needs a chance to describe themselves. One thing that really defined them was the fact that they were getting out of the way of acquiring things and trying to acquire experiences. And the reason behind this was mostly because they didn't have as much money as their parents and didn't have money for things. So they were trying to redefine what they did by the experience. If you are a millennial or just a person who needs a great experience, you can get your own experience or gift an experience. How about that? Via Cloud9 Living. Cloud9 Living is a great website and great service that offers creative ways to enjoy yourself and adventures aplenty. You can see great things across the world, across the nation, wherever you think you want to be and whatever you think you might want to do. They probably have a way to get you to there. They have driving experiences, flying experiences, cruises, food and drink experiences, great camping excursions, and of course, just extra special date night stuff. And if you're a golfer, they have access to some of the greatest golf courses in the world and you have exclusive rights and great deals on getting there. And here's the real deal. What you do when you go to Cloud9 Living is you don't necessarily buy the actual experience. You buy a certificate for the experience or you buy a straight up gift certificates for the price of whatever you want to give. And if you want to change your mind and do some other experience, no problem. If you decide to back out and you don't want to do it, no problem. They have some of the best customer service in the experience business, period. So we have a great deal for you for hanging out with us and, of course, being a part of the conversation. We want you to be a part of a grander conversation with great experience. Stop by our website and go to thisistheconversation.com slash cloud9. That's number nine, numeral nine. This is the conversation.com slash cloud nine and get yourself in on this great deal. Get a gift certificate from Cloud Nine Living. And when you use the link, you actually get a deal on your gift certificate. So check that out as well. So buy a gift certificate for yourself, buy it for a friend, give the gift to yourself or a friend, but get in on the adventure and get in on it for a great deal with great service from Cloud Nine Living. Let's go ahead and do the housekeeping segment and get into the issues in this week's top 10 stories and somewhere in the top 15. So we already gave in the tease two stories that were directly linked to the polar vortex, and that was about not breathing the air inside the polar vortex and an arrest for someone who's, in, who's responsible. We'll get to the actual story later. Uh, the other polar vortex direct story that we had this week was the one about the anonymous donor that let people uh, that found out about the homeless people and paid for them to stay in a hotel for the week. Uh, we didn't want to add these stories together, make it a super story because they don't really go together. The anonymous donor and the polar vortex sort of go together, but there really are 
two different stories. One is about the safety issues that is what's going on with this thing. And would it being in the also-rans, we figured that's close enough to get that response from the third segment. The other one is a very silly story that's becoming just sort of a gag that's happening every single year because we posted it last year. We even had to double-check to make sure that the story that we posted wasn't from last year's because we remembered it last year. And the uh, the character involved, there's your clue, uh, has a, some upcoming things that needs promoting. So we want to make sure it wasn't we weren't actually just giving them free advertising. So that's how that did not become a super story. Two stories that did, one with the uh, star from Empire, Josie Smollett, who I'm pretty sure I'm butchering, even though I've heard it a couple times. Uh, those were two different stories that we had. We had the story of him being attacked and the story of when the actual uh, monitoring uh, uh, pictures came out from the monitors because they spent a couple of days trying to find pictures, video evidence, and couldn't find anything. So we finally posted something when they finally posted something. The numbers for the two stories, the Empire story, believe it or not, was at the sixth spot regardless. It didn't move at, uh, an inch. Uh, but what happened was the real change happened with um, – the story that was on the video surveillance, that story was right below the top 15. So it was basically almost in range. And since it didn't do much of a dent anyway, we put them together and only used one headline for the attack. Now, the PG&E story with the bankruptcy coming out later in the week and the story for the weekend about PG&E not actually sparking a fire, those were semi-related and those were both inside of the top 10. One was top 10. I believe the bankruptcy was lower eight or nine. And the other one for the fire being sparked was 14, 15, or that might be reversed after we did all the, all the numbers crunching. But we decided to put them together because they were exactly the same thing, the same issue. The, the uh, PG&E, the, the energy company in California, which was blamed for one of the massive wildfires this season, going out of business, which we pretty much knew. We had stories on this early this week about them losing business and things going wrong. Uh, but the fact that the mystery solved, that they didn't actually start it, still didn't stop the actual issue, which is the company going out of business. That is it for the stories that we had for it that really needed any explanation. I want to apologize and explain my inability to wrap up the New Jersey Girl Scout cookie story because I guess I'll just flat out disgust it. So if that sounded weird and kind of non noncommittal in its ending, I just couldn't figure out how to get out of that segment because I was just just it just was just that I can't even get out of this segment. It's just like that. Let's move on to the almost relevant story of the week. It is story number two oh two. So we had two hundred and two distinct postings throughout the last uh, seven and a half ish days. Uh, this story was posted on Friday, February the first. So, as we say, these stories posted early morning when we record this on the Fridays. Usually, don't get a lot of attention very quickly. This one did not, but this is a story that came out in an expose exclusive to USA Today that I think you might might find a bit interesting. The headline for the story is: South Carolina police make millions by seizing cash and property. Most of it comes from black people. So this is an expose, as I said, from USA Today. They're doing a lot of these things. A lot of news organizations are doing these in-depth stories that are giving you real deal digs into other issues because they know you want real information to go out with things. This was one that was interesting. So you need to go and check out USA Today online and look for the story and that story. Uh, essentially, it goes to the fact that... Um, Police are just seizing stuff from people in North Carolina. It's a big, big business for police in North Carolina to seize property. And that's not necessarily a surprise. 
but the numbers and the slant towards African-Americans to anyone else that are having their property seized for apparently no reason whatsoever is amazing. And so this can just be someone who is on this. One of the people described here was an Atlanta business person who wasn't criminally charged, but was driving through um, uh, Spartanburg County, uh, was stopped for speeding, uh, and they um, took his money. He had thousands, large amounts of money in his car driving across country and because he's a businessman doing business, and they just decided to confiscate it and take it from there. Big business from taking things that are seized and selling, and we all know that. But in South Carolina, they did a big expose, and because South Carolina is a hotbed for racism talk, there's a great place to find a story for that's fueled by racism talk. Coming up in just a minute, we will go through the finals of the top 15. One through 15 stories not quite hot enough to be in the hot top 10. And shout outs coming up in the next segment of the wrap up show from this is the conversation.com with me, Jay Cliven Payne, for the week ending February the 2nd, 2019. This week, I'm going to take the time to promote two podcasts, but I can do it in the same amount of time because the two podcasts are branded together from my Your Better You website. At yourbetteryou.info, I have my personal development work there where I have two podcasts that are really short that can give you personal development lessons right there you can take along with you. The very quick, 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 quick one is called Steps to Your Better You. It is 90 seconds of content, and in 90 seconds, you can take that message and go on your way and put it together, put it to work right then. If you want something a bit more meaty, we've got something that's called the 10-Minute Life Lesson, which is technically a 9-Minute Life Lesson. But within 10 minutes, you have a full life lesson you can take and you can apply to whatever it is you're doing. For life, for business, for personal, professional, it's just that good. And it's just that detailed. That one is a long-standing refresh of a longer-standing podcast. The other one is a longish podcast, one that's doing well. Uh, if you want to get get real on it, uh, we're hitting episode number 34, the 10 Minute Life Lesson, after doing 150 episodes of the original version of it and getting close to 150 on Steps Your Better Use. So these things have been tried, have been tested, been around for a while. And I tell you, of course, it's me selling you, they are good. So if you're looking to add something to your podcast life, some things that are short, quick, easy to get to, and offer up substance not just fluff check them out you can see both podcasts at my website yourbetteryou.info that's yourbetteryou.info find out about steps your better you and the 10 minute life lesson both two great podcasts that are produced by me and you can find them at yourbetteryou.info Shout outs for the week. People who have contributed via the Facebook and the Twitter doing their best to share, like, respond, whatever. Thank you so much for all the love. It keeps me going. And this was a really rough week, to be honest. And knowing that I had someone to perform for, people actually looking at the things 
uh, put on the internets made it a much better week. So starting off with the Facebook shout-outs, we're going to go first to my good friend, Adele Carnes for once again being there for me. Also, Rebecca Davis in there, Derek Jones. A little mama is a breadwinner. There you go, sharing some stuff on the conversation. Vicki Young, Dedra James, and also Charles Johnson getting in this week as well. Let's go to some some Twitter shout-outs this week. Um, Can't go a week without my AARP goddess. Love you so much. Thank you so much for helping spread the word of the conversation. Also this week, Lee W. Moen, Brett Allen, uh, Comic-Con Adventures joined this week, as well as some other people, including UCLA Semifriends. I have no idea what that means. And uh, hashtag Powerful Woman. You're a powerful woman. Thank you so much for following. I follow you back. Also, Bees is the Future and Iron Horse Resist. Thank you for resisting everything but hanging out with us with the conversation. So let's round out the top 15, go into the last bits of what we have for the week. These are stories that were big, but not quite big enough into the rankings. So we don't have the bump of response as opposed to our hair, but we do have the rankings as they're listed for the um, from 10 to 15. We'll go backwards this time. Starting off with the number 11 story this week, barely, very barely missing it. Many Xbox Ones aren't working right now due to Xbox Live outage. Posted on Wednesday, January 30th, yes, there was an issue with the Xbox Ones or the Xbox Live to be specific. And so because of that, many Xbox Ones, which really do need the service, were essentially bricks for hours at a time. It took me a while to get a patch going through to get it fixed. I'm not going to go through the full story on this one, but that was one that was really, really trying to people, especially those who were, yes, stuck in Polar Vortex land or awaiting the Polar Vortex with nothing to do but watch their Xbox Live not do anything or watch your Xboxes not do anything because of Xbox Live. I'll work on that later. I really do need a better editor. Area Grande misspelled Japanese tattoo translates to barbecue grill or some such. That's the number 12 story this week, Thursday, January the 31st. And that one, it, it, it translates to barbecue grill points a finger or something like that. But because of the popularity of the Japanese tattoos, Japanese characters and people just get a bunch and they, they look kind of cool um, they don't necessarily go through the effort of making sure that a proper translation or they just trust some guy to put something up there and they put something that's kind of close and just slightly askew. And it doesn't really mean what it's supposed to mean. I'm not sure what it's supposed to mean, but it's brand new ink. She's tr- supposed to get it fixed. But the actual translation, if you were to look at it, is barbecue grill. We dip back into the sadness for just a moment and we go to the story that's a 13 this week. Headline is CMU student charged with killing parents in college dorm committed to psychiatric facility. Fox News is the source for this. I'll read you, read you from that story in a moment. Saturday, January 26th is the date we actually posted this story. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get to, to, to the actual story from Fox News website. A former Central Michigan University student accused of killing his parents in a dorm last year was ordered to a psychiatric facility Friday in lieu of a trial after a judge ruled that he was mentally ill when he committed the murders. James Eric Davis Jr., 20, was arrested after prosecutors say he shot and killed his father, James Eric Davis Sr., 48, and his mother, Diva, 48, on March 18, 2018. A manhunt involving more than 100 police officers ensued for nearly a day before Davis was caught. Davis shot his parents using a gun that belonged to his father, who was a part-time police officer in Chicago's suburb. The night before the shootings, Davis had been admitted to the hospital after telling police someone was trying to kill him. Of course, you may remember that um, we had this story 
last year. So this is something that we've had in the conversation that made it into the top 10. Uh, Davis was found fit to stand trial last fall, but pleaded guilt, not guilty by reason of insanity. So they are putting him in some sort of facility to house that. This is a really sad story that's hard to transition from. We've had issues all day with my transitions, of course. This is one that was really, really tough to, to deal with, and especially coming back to it, knowing that this young man had a full life to live, literally only 20 years old, his father only 48 years old. I mean, he's, he, his father is barely, basically my age, and it's, it's tragedy to know that, 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 that family, the mother and father and the son, was basically his time is up while the parents, their time is literally gone uh, because he actually killed them. So we are thinking and praying about the rest of the family and uh, hoping that the young man can find some sort of semblance of solitude, semblance of peace somewhere, because I don't think he's going to find uh, a great road ahead for him anywhere. Let's move on to the number 14 story. We really go to, uh, polar vortex lightness well this isn't quite lightness this is actually seriousness experts are warning people not to breathe deeply or talk outside ahead of polar vortex this was posted on tuesday january the 29th and this is actually fairly serious this is uh, all joking aside uh being out in extreme temperatures is an issue extreme heat has its own different set of circumstances but something like extreme cold when you don't expect it to be as cold as it is and you don't expect to be out in the cold as long as you end up being, you don't prepare yourself for the things going on. Breathing in cold, heavy, saturated air is a serious deal. And that's why people were telling people to do a lot less breathing or deep breathing, walking through or talking inside a polar vortex. Essentially, bundle up and move along. Now, with temperatures coming back to normal or in some cases weird uh weird highs for the season by monday this was a pretty quick polar vortex and the arctic winds we're happy to go back to canada you can keep it we don't need your arctic winds up there canada Uh, so we're happy for that of course i can't complain very much here in arkansas the lowest we got was probably about 19 and that was maybe just a wind chill i think the lowest got was actually closer to 23 so and there was no moisture while it was cold which is the real saving grace for everyone here but if the polar vortex is a story and it is a big story which most of the nation dealt with this week every story needs a villain a good villain makes the story go great and number 15 story but apparently elsa is back at it again you know a little bit of reprieve didn't have didn't help her out though so there you go In fact, I think it's a different police department. But here is some story from the McLean, Illinois Police Department on their arrest of the sinister, sinister Elsa. An Illinois police department has arrested Elsa, the snow queen from Disney's Frozen, for allegedly bringing absurdly frigid cold temperatures to the area. The McLean Police Department posted photos on their Facebook page that Elsa had been placed under arrest. The department wrote, Attention! Due to extreme cold weather, all criminal activity and acts of stupidity and foolishness have been canceled. Even Elsa has been placed under arrest with no bond until further notice. Thank you for your attention and understanding to this matter. Respectfully, the McLean Police Department. Now, the actual joke was the fact that the the police department canceled crime because it was just too cold to deal with. They didn't want to be out there running around chasing folks, so they wanted folks to have common sense and not do stupid stuff in the cold. And in preparation for that, they locked up Elsa for making it so cold. That it's a it's a funny, heartwarming story is a good way to actually end the week. But it's one of those things that when you see it, 
You got to post it and you see what happens. And we saw what happened. You guys did respond to it. Not quite top 10 material, but it was pretty close all on its own. So and once again, how do you get into the conversation or more importantly, vote on the conversation? You vote by following us on the social media platforms of Twitter and Facebook. Also on Instagram, but the votes don't really count because we can only post basically once a week on Instagram. But on Twitter and Facebook all day long, essentially every 50 minutes, we're posting a brand new story inside of the platform. So as you see the stories pop up, like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them, engage with them as you want to, as you are led to. And the more engagement they get, the higher the scores they come for the week. And then every Friday, we crunch the numbers, put them together, and then post for you this podcast so you can hear what stories were the tops. You can also see links to the stories that are the tops as well. We're going to put links to everything at our website at thisistheconversation.com. Look for the link for this week's show, and you can see, hear, and do what you need to do about catching up with the podcast and seeing what stories you may have missed. Meanwhile, if you want to keep up with me and what's going on with the conversation, you can easily send me a message. We'll chat about it. The conversation inbox at gmail.com is the is the email address. The website, of course, is this is the conversation. My main website is jclevelandpain.net. Email address jclevelandpain at gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsor for this week. Big thanks to Cloud9 Living, who helped take care of me and my adventures and non-adventures, if you will. And of course, I am promoting two shows off of one website. Go to yourbetteryou.info and check out my two podcasts on personal development right there. In the meantime, you know how it goes for this conversation. You need to get as many people into it as possible. Share it with some friends. Share it with mortal enemies. Share it with random strangers who are just wandering down the street. Take their phones. Grab it. Subscribe to the podcast. Hand it back to them. And trust me, they will thank you for the gesture. Also, make sure you are subscribed so it comes down to your pot and fed any way you want it to. We're on all sorts of platforms. Go to the website and see exactly where we are, but just look for us. We're there, or just listen to us at the website, thisistheconversation.com. Next week, 10 more stories. Well, actually, 16 more stories, but 10 that are the top 10, and you tell us what they are. It's that simple. This is The Wrap-Up Show with me, Jay Cliffin Payne from thisistheconversation.com. Keep on chatting, keep on reading, keep on watching, keep on talking.